Hey, welcome to the Centre Podcast. We're a church based in Dural, Sydney, who love Jesus and want to share the message of hope that he brings for all people. We pray that you're blessed by this word and that it reveals God's love for you in a new way. Enjoy. Well, 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 here we are once again. <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend, Mitchell Levingston. <laughs> How are you, my friend? I don't think I'm a myth. Well, you know, I, th- I, th- I think you have myth-like status in okay. some people's hearts. Okay. <laughs> after, after that Herculean effort on <laughs> Sunday, you know, so, some, pe- some people have been, uh, you know, comparing you to some sort of demigod, <laughs> some sort of Greek Adonis, you know, sweating it out on stage. Yeah, it's, um, it's pretty heavy, actually. What do you, what do, you do with it? Just, just in case you, no one, yeah. you know, it was someone who's listening who didn't mm. hear or saw the sermon. Essentially on Sunday, as an illustration, which we'll get into in a bit, mm. but Mitch wore a 30 kilo weight vest on stage. What do you actually in your workout routine do with a 30 kilo vest? Yeah. So I don't usually use a 30 kilo. Sure. I do it pick that way because it's really like heavy. Heavy. Okay. Hurts. So I usually use 10 or 20. Okay. And it's more, so I use a 10 just to add a little bit more challenge to sure. say running or skipping. Yeah, uh, sure. Or burpees. Yeah, and right. I use the 20 for when I want to do more heavy stuff. So I have like a 60 kilo sandbag i'll put yep. the 20 kilo on and lift that so it's like 80 kilos or sure swing in the hammer so it's more for just building strength um but 30 was yeah it's next level up and that's why i picked it because like ah, oh, 10 and 20 i can handle like i want something that like actually is gonna hurt and i would get there eventually but like it like the shoulders start to get sore from the yeah. weight pushing down and yeah. that's when i'm like oh man yeah. this is getting uncomfortable yeah. that was the whole point I um I love because is this the hammer is a new addition to your workout routine? Is that <laughs> yes. just because you weren't enough like Thor as it is now you've got to implement a hammer into the workout routine? Tell us about yeah. the hammer. Ah, uh, so I, the the Moody's gave me a tire. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I've got a tire. I need to get like, like a, a big like truck, yeah, tire. truck tire. Yeah, yeah. And they're so much fun to like drag around. And so I was like, I need a hammer. So I bought myself a sledgehammer, a ten kilo one. Then I was like, that's oh, not heavy enough. So I bought a twenty kilo one, and so I alternate between. Love it. Just yeah, hitting that tire with the hammer. <laughs> yeah, it's a great workout. That's why um, farmers are so strong. Oh, man. Builders. Oh, well, man. they wouldn't be using 10 or 20 kilos, but just the repetitive motion of yeah. smacking a sledgehammer. Yeah. I went to um, school with like a bunch of boarders. Uh, and in first, like in year seven, they partner a day student up with a boarder. And then the idea was sometime throughout that year, the day student went home with the border so i went with my mate yep. like fraser to narandra which is like six hours away out like the middle of the country and his dad is a beef farmer and he's like all right boys we're just gonna like get out on the truck and just like fill in some holes today on the you know driveway it's like oh yeah easy you know it should take an hour or two it literally was like a seven hour job <laughs> of just filling gravel in these holes all day yep. and by the end of it i was just like oh man and they just like weren't even breaking a sweat i was yeah. just like ready to pass out it's like give me an iv drip i'm done <laughs> i'm done farm it's strength it's a real yeah, thing it is i called farmer strength <laughs> yeah farm yeah, farmers aren't huge, but very, very strong. Yeah, so, yeah. Functional strength. Functional that's strength. What they call it. <laughs> They're not working those vanity muscles. No, that just work yeah. <laughs> yes, t- totally unrelated. I did watch a really cool video on um, movement mm. on Sunday, and this guy, like, they I can't remember the label they were. Basically, like aerobatic athletes, so they mm. do a lot of martial arts sort of movements, and yeah, he's just demonstrating what he can do. And he's basically like, "Look, you could have big muscles. They're very easy to get." 
but big muscles won't let you do this. And he literally runs, does his backwards flip onto this huge set of um, gymnastics mat. Yeah, wow. Should have been like at least his height. Wow. Big tall dude, That's and insane. just showing like how, like where he like functional movement is better than huge yeah. muscles, and yeah. just demonstrating how. Yeah. It was basically an ad for his business. Like Johnny's business <laughs> and here's what you can learn to do, the cool skills you Wait, can learn to video do. video on YouTube that was monetized. <laughs> <laughs> so it is pretty insane. And then you see on the flip side, like some guys who are just absolute like gorillas essentially, mm. who like, you know, kind of struggle even to scratch their shoulder because yeah. they're just like so just big. Huge. So the question that we're all wanting to know, Mitch, mm. is what is like the in your assessment biggest vanity muscle that people don't actually need to be like big but that so many mm. people want to get like big and biceps the biceps yeah it's not a very like the bicep in itself is not a particularly functional yeah muscle yeah um, yeah having a huge bicep won't give you lots of strength but having like a stronger back shoulders yeah. ironically tricep probably is more helpful because yeah, yeah, yeah. tries three buyers only want like two yeah, so. yeah, yeah yeah but you can get yeah they're doing like movements will help build your bicep but if you just focus solely on the bicep i'm yeah. doing a bicep curl right now yeah. that's not going to give you like the functional strength which is why i like smacking this 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 sledgehammer or picking up a sandbag because yeah. it's uneven weight mm. so it's like lifting up a human mm. humans uh, like a 60 kilo humans a lot heavier harder to lift and so like a, a weight in a gym, mm. it's really like, it's easier to lift. Mm. And so there's guys that can lift huge amounts of weight in a gym, mm. but then could barely pick up like a sandbag because it's yeah. different. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Yeah, you have to have, it's like, yeah. yeah, farmer strength, functional strength. Yeah. Right? No, I remember even like at college when we were doing like acrobatic stuff, you like were lifting someone up. Mm. It was just like an exercise, like a illustration. Um, they would tell the person who was being lifted, like, okay, now engage your core. And, like, they actually suddenly became lighter. Yeah. <laughs> like, same weight, but just actually, mm. like, less limp. It's mm. crazy how much difference it can make between, yeah. like, a sandbag and a bar. I suppose that's yeah, kind yeah. of middle ground, but it's crazy, mm. right, how that happens. I don't, I, don't, I don't fully know the physics behind it, but I know that it works. Yeah. <laughs> I, know. I know. Well, look, I reckon that that was probably on Sunday the sweatiest that we've ever seen you on stage, but very justified. <laughs> I get pretty sweaty off oh, man. Then. Me but too, yeah, was... brother. Me too. I'm a sweaty boy. Yeah. So, That's why I wore that little sweatband. Mate, I, I reckon I, I, I could have just worn the vest with no weights in it and it would have made me pretty sweaty. <laughs> is it just pretty hot as is as yeah, well? Yeah, it is. It adds yeah. like more like yeah. heat to you. So. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. But it does look like a bulletproof vest. I feel like if I got shot, oh, yeah. you know, I'd be I'd be okay. In just some spots off. on the vest, yeah. definitely. <laughs> it bounce off. What are they, like lead weights or something? Yeah, just a little like one kilo yeah. lead weights. So. I reckon they would have protected you yeah. all right. <laughs> just <laughs> as long as you get shot in the right place. So, um, yeah, obviously the uh, the weight vest, it was this really powerful illustration for uh, this passage in Hebrews 12. Mm. Might just quickly read mm. it out and then we can chat about it a bit. Um, so, obviously, you kind of set the context that uh, at the beginning of chapter 12, it starts with a therefore. Mm. Um, that's kind of one of those connecting words that mm. goes, oh, hold on. This isn't the start of a new idea. This is the continuation mm. of a previous idea. Um, maybe it's just a quick side note before we jump into it. Are there other words? Because therefore is quite a common one and probably mm. used a lot more in the Bible than in, <laughs> you know, just a yeah. common modern text today. Mm. Are there other kind of connector words that when we see, we should be going, okay, hold on. Let's take a few steps back and see what else is going on in this passage. Mm. 
can't think off the top of my head of one. Like the Bible's quite simple. It just goes with therefore. Yeah. Or so for this reason pretty, or yeah yeah yeah, yeah. because of yeah, as a yeah, result yeah, like yeah. Just any of those words that are essay. sort of relying on something yeah. else previously it's just like so a good habit to take in a Greek that therefore is dio so that was always mine yeah or, or for gar that was always that was my when I had um, Greek exams I always look for the passage that had a gar or a dio mm. to translate because I'm like oh I can always like add a few experience well, we've got the dio therefore it's connecting yeah, to the previous yeah, argument yeah, that's yeah, how yeah. I did it no, so that's, oh, that's at least going to get me half a mark yeah <laughs> come on <laughs> If I get nothing else right, at least I've got that. When we're doing language, every half mark counts, <laughs> you know. Uh, but yeah, essentially this therefore in Hebrews 12 is obviously bouncing off what you shared about last week, mm. which is this the hall of fame, as some people mm. call it in Hebrews 11, speaking about all these great characters in the Old Testament mm. um, who had obviously great faith. And then um, the writer says, therefore, at the start of chapter 12, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us um i think that there's um yeah just in that verse alone (laughs) a lot of stuff going on um the first thing that i kind of i suppose wanted to talk about is let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles there is um as we were saying before we started recording these two kind of connected Mm. and related but separate ideas there Mm. um the things that hinder um and the sin that Mm. so easily entangles how do you in your mind differentiate those two ideas so things that hinders those that aren't necessarily sinful but may distract you sure from the race Hmm. and so what would be an example the one i did joke about was when paul says i don't get married (laughs) yeah (laughs) going to ministry yeah yeah, stay single. You, you won't be you know, encumbered by the demands of being a husband. So. Yeah, say two married men with kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, um, that's one example. Um, yeah, I, I guess it'd be things like work. Like if you're working huge hours, mm. that's distracting you from investing in relationship with Jesus. That's one great example. Ironically, like family like, is a legitimate one. Mm. People can be so busy with kid stuff running around back and forth that start to uh, run that song read your bible pray every day and your faith will grow and that's mm-hmm. like for, neglect your bible forget to pray and your faith will shrink mm-hmm. and that's kind of stuff like that like stuff that just keeps you so distracted and busy mm. that yeah it becomes a hindrance yeah. to you growing to you racing and you start to becoming weighed down by that and you're not actually progressing in your faith that's mm. one of the that's why i like to call faith a journey you know, mm. The journey is, yeah, it doesn't matter how old you get. And like, if physically you can't move anymore, spiritually you can keep going. So using that racing metaphor, mm. spiritually we should be continuing on. Mm. And so, yeah, I think that really just weighs you down. So it's sort of, like, I guess let's say earthly things that just keep us distracted. Yeah. Busy, that aren't necessarily bad. Yeah. But, and then obviously sins, that's mm. pretty obvious. Yeah. Sin that so easily entangles. Stuff yeah, that keeps us wrapped up and trapped. Yeah, um, idols that we put in our life. Yeah, yeah, it is um, really interesting. The even the two sort of verbs there um, do sort of suggest that they do different things. That mm. there's there's weights that hinder, mm. that maybe are distractions mm. um, that slow us down from the race that we are running. Um, and then I don't know the the word entangle. Uh, I haven't looked at sort of other 
um, ones. It'd be interesting to see what other mm. translations do with, uh, yeah, that word entangles. Mm. But um, I, I kind of more get the idea of almost rope wrapped around your feet, like a hog tied mm. sort of, you know, hunted animal. Yeah, I just, uh, I'm just, I'm just trying to kill time while, while Mitch looks up the other. Oh, no, I, I found um, so in the um, NLT it has. Um, they'll strip up every weight that slows us down yeah and they have here especially the sin that so easily trips us up mm. yeah, so I actually see that slows down yeah they kind of connected a bit this is the new English translation um, we must get rid of every weight and the sin that clings so closely hmm it's interesting too it's interesting how these different translations oh the classic KJV let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doff and so easily beset us. Mm. I feel like your articulation even got a bit sharper on the KGB. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly turned into a Shakespearean yeah, actor. I, I feel like that's what the that's what happens when you read that's a bit what happens. KGB. You all, all, that, all that doth and thou. Yeah, you sound a bit more holy. Uh, um, so yeah, it is yeah, interesting. There are definitely some of those translations that um, connect them a mm. lot more. There are definitely some that... Um, maybe don't uh, go as far as this idea of entangling mm. and some that sort of mm. then take on still that idea of tripping yeah. up. Um, but yeah, ultimately, I think that there is truth in that idea mm. that there are things which are definitely sin. <laughs> yes. And are going to stop us, entangle us, trip us mm. up. Um, but I think that there are things that, you know, as Paul writes, all things are permissible, but not mm. all things are beneficial, yeah. you know. So those things that are permissible, um, but maybe still aren't beneficial, you mm. know, like it's not necessarily a sin to stay up super late and binge watch another episode of Netflix. But is that really going to like set you up for yeah. the best day tomorrow mm. to, you know, be really attune and actively listening to the spirit to be really bearing the fruits of the spirit to people that you interact with like are you setting yourself up to sort of run that good race yeah. as best as possible it's a really fascinating idea and one yeah. we don't probably talk about a lot mm, that's a great question that should be that would have been a great way to finish the sermon <laughs> other things we're doing is setting us up yeah yes for the race yeah mm. well it's kind mm. of like even i imagine um you know if you were to slash when you were to do a kind of a big race the next day um would you have like an evening prep the night before i mean obviously you would have tried to have gotten a good sleep i imagine mm. if you were going to run a big race the yeah. next day you try to fuel up sleep well hydrate properly so you get up yes yeah, yeah. um yeah that's all part of it to yeah. be able to compete properly you need yeah. to be like physiologically your body needs to be mm. ready for it yeah filled with the spirit filled mm. with the word yep <laughs> ready to so, go yeah that's that's all you part know. of it let's so. let's stretch this analogy out yeah. to the degree <laughs> um no but i think that there's, there's something really interesting there it's quite interesting language as well while you've got that those passages mm. open i assume maybe in bible hub yeah. um just as a as a shout out uh, mm. to people listening I always find that a really cool exercise to do when I'm going through a passage of scripture. Mm. Um, especially when there's just a word you're like, oh, that's a really interesting turn of phrase. Mm. I think that's that's like a good time for me anyway to just search up that particular verse on Bible Hub. 
Um, there's a bunch of websites that can do it, but yeah. I, I quite like the way Bible Hub does it. And it just does that single verse yes. in mm. a bunch of different translations, you know, one after another. Um, I find that a really interesting exercise to do sometimes um, when just looking at, oh, what's the original writer doing? You don't need to know Hebrew or Greek mm. to just look up what other translators yeah. have done. But w- with that great cloud of witnesses, oh. what's going on there? It's quite an interesting turn of phrase. It, it is very, very interesting. So I've heard people say that the saints are watching us from heaven. Yeah. And they use this passage to justify that... Um, not exactly what he's talking about. Hmm. So, the the great cloud is a way of describing like a like a huge audience. Mm. And every commentator I've read talks about the analogy of it being like around a, a racetrack, yeah. a stadium. Yeah. And so there's in one commentary that have had a picture of an old athletics track in Greece. Yeah. Where they used to compete, and the particularly too tied in with the running imagery. Yeah, um, runners in Greece, in particular, would run pretty much naked or with very little clothing as yeah. possible. Which we're very glad that you didn't go <laughs> full, full Greek on yeah, Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get up there. That's why, actually, the sites why the early church didn't like um, participating in the games because mm. there's often a lot of pagan sort of worship tied in with yeah the Roman stuff. But yeah, that was the idea: is that he, the great cloud is a huge audience of people, and the well, the only way that really happened in the ancient world was people around a stadium. Yeah. And so imagine something like a Colosseum. Yeah. Something like that, we just got all these people in this stadium watching mm. people compete. Mm. In this case, it's a running race. Mm. And so, yeah, for for these listeners, that's an image that they would be very familiar with. Mm. And so, yeah, great clouds. Like, I guess we're saying, like, since we're surrounded by a huge, you know, huge audience of yeah. witnesses before us, actually curious to see what the message says it's mm. always interesting do you Come see on, what this means yeah all these pioneers who blazed the way all these veterans cheering us on and yeah yeah okay. that's yeah. what he says so it's completely thrown away the the yeah the, the great verbiage of cloud mm. so are you um saying that a lot of the commentators almost said cloud of witnesses is was idiomatic of a coliseum crowd yeah okay. well, it's a way to describe a, like a great cloud that's together not necessarily people in the cloud watching us, which yeah. I think a lot of Christians read, oh, since they're yeah, surrounded sure. by a great cloud of witnesses, they think, oh, they're in the clouds yeah. watching us from Moses heaven. Moses is cheering me on from heaven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's more like, a, it's similar to when Paul says we will meet the Lord in the air. Mm. Uh, I was taught at Sunday school that the men's are going to get taken up into the air. and yeah. But actually means being outside. So you go outside the city into the air and meet the ruler outside the city and then welcome him in. Mm. And that's the common Greek usage everywhere, not just in the Bible, but hmm. in other texts. And so, yeah, right. It's how you perceive these different words. And so we perceive, oh, great cloud, oh, cloud, heaven, that's up in the sky, okay. where they're using the word cloud in the sense yeah, of right. just, well, I guess crowd, clouds are great and huge. And yeah, in this yeah, sense, yeah. it's more about a big audience. And yeah. so, the idea being is that because the Old Testament heroes of the faith have gone ahead hmm. and we're surrounded by them, using this sort of image of um, a stadium. It's like in a sense that we're running into this stadium around and around and they're, they're cheering us on when we get into yeah, the heavenly city, mm. the heavenly country. And so, so because of that, let's throw off everything and fix our eyes upon Jesus and run the race you know, marked out for us.
Yeah, that's really interesting. That um, that one Thessalonians four passage, which we've obviously spoken about before, mm. I always thought that there was that was playing off um some maybe apocalyptic imagery as well. No, like um, yeah. So NT Wright and a few others they will talk about that because when I first read it, it was NT Wright. Yeah, I was like, wow, well, that can't be right. Yeah, <laughs> I was quite confused. Like, no way. And I actually checked it with a commentator that's doesn't think anything like N.T. Wright and they said exactly the same thing I was like oh wow this is actually what so that was like sort of Perusia language yeah that sort of the going out in the air the we'll meet the Lord in the air yeah right so because he had a big chapter on it about saying well, meeting the air was a way that you would meet you know, Roman yeah. dignitary outside of the city fascinating yeah wow. yeah because definitely because the NIV at least of 1 Thessalonians for like mm. 17 says caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the lord in the air so again like it's quite sort of idiomatic Mm. like language something that you know is probably understood by by the original readers but it's so fascinating when you start looking at the way that um not not just the translation but the way that people used language yes it is just so so fascinating in it yeah it's Mm. so easy to project our own assumptions and views on it um really really fascinating Mm. um i think that there's so much in this passage which is maybe um yeah hebrews 12 i think you kind of said before it's it's quite simple in a lot of ways in the in the the teaching you know you're like okay cool like you know it's quite a clear metaphor we're running a race shed off all the weights um i think in theory it's simple Maybe in practice. Difficult. Difficult. Yeah. Well, it's sort of out of the real complex theology of Hebrews. Yeah. This is, which I noticed in the Bible Project, their video kind of just ends at chapter 11. They almost don't even like refer to these last two chapters because mm. I suppose that the, well, the complex arguments is all what we've gone through about Jesus being greater than the angels and Moses yeah. and Torah and Tabernacle and all that Melchizedek stuff. And that's the stuff that people get a bit, ugh. Mm. What, what's this all mean? Mm. So, yeah, I just found that interesting. But this is quite straightforward, more simple part. But it is, it is the most difficult. Mm. Yeah, it's like I suppose everyone in that room. That was a challenge, I said. Like, so that I know this, some people are going to walk out of here and still be carrying the weight with them. Mm. Like, it's a fairly simple message. Like, don't, don't carry life with a 30-kilo weight vest on that's going to weigh you down and make life more difficult. Mm. Everyone knows that. Be like smoking. Everyone knows smoking is going to kill you eventually. Mm. People still do it. So it's often the simple yeah. things actually the most challenging. Right. Yeah. I feel like smoking is kind of like a fantastic comparison though because I feel not unlike a lot of people's metaphorical weight vests. Mm. I feel like smoking, like, yeah, we know it's bad for you, but I feel like so many people um, stitch it into part of their identity. Mm. I think likewise, um, it's so easy for people um, to hold on to things as part of their identity. Mm. Um, you know, I think people who've suffered some sort of trauma mm. and have experienced great sympathy and care and love and concern from others because of what they've experienced. Um, now, obviously, caveat, really important to move through things like that with Mm. you know sharing and and counseling and prayer and you know whatever you need to move through that that is the same process but i think at a certain point um it's very easy to almost get a bit addicted to 
the attention and the almost drama, for lack of a better mm. word, at a certain point, if there is a, a certain situation, a certain trouble in your life, and instead of moving past it and shedding it off, continuing it to carry, mm. carry it around. Um, it's a really like tricky balance of, mm. you know, it's the classic thing. Like, how do you change a light bulb? First, the light bulb needs to want to change. Like, <laughs> if, we don't, if we don't want to shed off those yeah. weights for whatever reason, that's a really tricky yeah. thing as well. And recognising, too, it's not just uh, not a simple process. And some people, you hear these crazy testimonies of former drug addicts. So I came to the Lord and never, like, had to drink, smoke or take drugs again. Yeah. It just went away. And others, it's this huge burden that they have to wrestle with for the rest of their days. Yeah. And so there's no sort of, yeah, simple answer. Recognising just taking off a weight vest and dropping on the stage, that's, yeah, that's a lot easier than perhaps shedding off some of the weights and burdens that people carry. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I think desiring that, wanting to live a life that's not weighed down, mm. that's the important thing. Um, I'm trying to think of the author's name. Oh, Mark Laser. He's a Christian psychologist. Great. He uses yeah, no, laser, fire <laughs> the laser. And um, he uses the the man that's healed at Perseva. You know, they put the pool, they were yeah. lying by the pool, and he says, I've got no one down to carry me into the pool. And mm. so Jesus asked him, Do you want to be healed? And his response is, Well, I've got no one to carry me. And that's a question that he uses throughout his book. He asks his clients, Well, do you actually want to be healed? Mm. Like, that's the first point. Mm. If you don't actually want to be, then there's sort of, you're not ever going to, it's just going to be aspirational. Yeah. It'll just be these aspirational goals that you never actually achieve. And mm. so, yeah, these, some of these things that are very difficult to let go of. Mm. But I guess that's a great question. Like, do you want to be healed? Or, or like, what you challenged earlier is what I'm doing setting me up to run properly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and they're questions that we need to constantly be wrestling with because. Mm. Yeah, there's, but it's interesting in AAs, like Alcohols Anonymous, they say one day at a time. Yeah. They recognize that yesterday is yesterday and today is today and today may be very different from yesterday. And mm. so someone that hasn't had alcohol for 10 plus years may suddenly you think, wow, like why did that happen? Because it is sort of one day at a time. And anyways, there's li life of faith. Mm. It's a lot like that. Mm. Um, can go into an exercise analogy. I... Trying to be a lot more diligent in hydrating. Mm. I just, so I try to have wake up in the morning and have at least a litre of water before breakfast. Just helps get the system going, flushing out. Takes away the aches and pains I've got from the night. Yeah. Yeah, but yesterday I didn't get a chance to do that. We sort of woke up late, just trying to get ready to go to the beach. And then and I realised that by midday I was quite dehydrated. I could feel it. It's like it's amazing. Just one day things already start to... Mm actually kind of depressing how quickly the body breaks down yeah, yeah, yeah. only takes one day and already like oh yeah. wow i'm really dehydrated i need to drink more water I haven't drunk enough mm. water today and so yeah. similar with life faith it's yeah one day at a time almost can't just yeah can't just go well you know 10 years ago i was really close to the lord and that's sort of mm. going to carry me through for the rest of my life it's yeah one day at a time yeah, I feel like the Lord's Prayer even has that idea of mm. give us today our mm. daily bread. You know, give us what we need for today. Mm. Um, yeah, I think that that's so in line with the teachings of Jesus. Hey? Mm. So cool, mm. so cool. Um, so I think in, in all of this, there's this idea of um, pain mm. and, 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 and suffering in all mm. of this as well and pushing through. 
Um, I'm, I'm stealing this question from your uh, small, small group study <laughs> yeah, question. Right. So, uh, yeah, if you guys want to like sound super smart tonight when you go to small group, this yeah, is uh, in. here you goes. Um, so I'll just read the question straight up as it is. It says, is all the pain and suffering in life, uh, in brackets, death, natural disaster, sickness, anxiety, etc., God's discipline? Why, why not? And what do you think is the difference between God's judgment and God's discipline? Mm. What do you think, Pastor Mitch? Yeah. yeah, I see discipline as a way for us to grow. Mm. And there are some events in life that... I guess I caveat this. All life is under judgment. Mm. So we live under the Genesis 3 curse. Mm-hmm. And so that means that there's stuff that's going to happen which, for lack of a better word, innocent people are going to get caught up in. Sure. Um, oh, what was it? I've forgotten the name of the city now, but in the at 17 Summer Grubber, there was a big, um, there was an earthquake. Oh, this, oh, I have to Google it now. It's going to annoy me, but it was a, Christ, it was a Christian um, city, Catholic city, Easter service. There's an um, earthquake off you know, on the coast, caused a tsunami. Those that weren't killed by the tsunami then were killed by aftershocks. Those that weren't killed by the aftershocks were killed by the fires that were started by. And uh, Lisbon, I think it is? See, Lisbon, anyway, it created this huge issue amongst like Christian Europe at that time. I was like, well, where is God in the midst of this? Like, were these people... Like, we can kind of easily justify those that... When, when the Boxing Day tsunami hit, there were Christians like, well, you know, those guys are Muslims, they're pagans, they kind of deserve it, it's God's judgment. When Haiti happened, there were Christians, well, you know, they were pagans, this is what God's judgment upon them. When it was a group, a city of Christians worshipping in church on a Sunday that were mostly killed, what category do you stick that in? And so, yeah, I find understanding what's God's judgment, that's a hard thing to, to know. Bit close to home when the bushfires are on. Hmm. There's a lot of Christians out there saying this is God's judgment for. I think that was the year that the um, yeah, the postal vote. Yeah, yeah the the same sex marriage. Vote. Yeah, yeah, was put in, so they saw that as like this is God's judgment. It's like yeah, but there's been lots of bushfires in Australia. So yeah, 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 what yeah. judgment? Was, what sin was that for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah, Jesus uh, in Luke 13 he asked it. He's asked a question. Uh, there's a group of Galileans that were killed, and Pilate mixed their blood in with the sacrifices. Hmm. He goes, "Were they any worse?" And Jesus is like, "Well, what about those that fell off the tower at Siloam? Were they any worse sinners?" He goes, mm, "No, like just repent." Almost in a sense, there's life has just unfortunate accidents within it. Hmm. You need to be ready. Um, yeah, and so in some things, some things I I really hesitate to say, "Well, that was God's judgment hmm. on this." When but at the same time, to a caveat that where life is under God's judgment yeah. as a whole, because we're under sin. Mm. Discipline, I see, is a way for God to help us grow. And there's a book we've been reading as a council, a church council, mm. called Pursuing God's Will. It's by an author called Ruth Haley Barton. And she, opening chapter, she has a great question to go, what is God doing in this situation? Mm. And that's the question she says you need to frame everything. Mm. Her argument is yeah. to become a spiritual discerner. You must see every event in life through the eyes of God. That's good. Okay. 
My kid's like screaming on the floor mm. and I'm really embarrassed right now. Mm. What's God doing in this? Mm. Perhaps he's teaching me patience. Mm. Um, mm. You know, example, you know, I'm really, really stressed out at work. What's God teaching me mm. in this situation? Mm. I'm just struggling with my own identity crisis and anxiety issues. Mm. Well, what is God teaching me in this? And I find that's a great framing for God's discipline. As a God mm. allows us to go through these trials and tribulations in life as a mm. way to shape us and to refine us. And in the context of Hebrews, for this church that's been undergoing a ton of persecution, mm. and, and we don't know the full extent of it, but yeah, let's just say if, you know, if you're a Jew and your family's ostracized you and you've lost your job, and mm. like that's, that's still hurtful to lose your whole family, yeah, not speak course. to you anymore. Yeah, yeah. And so, but what he's saying here, like in a sense, going through that, it's, it's God's discipline. And let's reframe it from, oh, Jesus isn't powerful enough or, or Jesus has forgotten us, but actually this is showing God's love mm. in this weird way because he says, in, quoting from Proverbs here, my son, do not make light the Lord's discipline. Do not lose heart when he rebukes you because mm. the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastens everyone he accepts as his son. Mm. And saying, almost like reframe what you're suffering through Mm. I almost have this question that, that, that Ruth Barton asked, like, what is God doing in this? Yeah. And look to, well, actually, in this way, I'm being disciplined. And in this strange way, it's actually showing how God loves me. Yeah. Um, yeah, as you and Emily would be discovering right now, mm. George is getting into that mischievous toddler stage yeah. where you actually need to start going, no. Yeah. And I said it with Hazel. She, she's always trying to get into stuff. Mm. I'm like, no, you can't. Mm. Well, half a day, she's trying to get into Honey's poo scooper. Mm. I was like, no, don't touch that. And she started bawling her eyes <laughs> no, out. Like, no, for you. Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> and I'm trying to explain her, like, it's really dirty. I don't want you to touch her poo yeah. scooper. And she'd cry, ah, and it, she doesn't understand that. But mm. as it gets older, like, oh, yeah, Dad, thanks for letting me not rub my hands on Honey's poo <laughs> scoopers. And then, you know, <laughs> like, that's a, like, I had to. Yeah, discipline her in the sense of setting clear boundaries. No, don't touch this. No, oh, you're not listening. Oh, I'm going to have to put you on the naughty chair if you're going to mm. keep going that way. Mm. And they're just... Yeah, little kids don't understand that. Mm. And, as, and I suppose to an extent from a spiritual point of view, we are like little kids. We don't understand mm. what God's mm. doing around us. Mm. And, yeah, like looking at the situations we face as a way of discipline, of um, yeah. being sharpened. Yeah, and I think ultimately that, yeah, the parent who doesn't ever discipline their child ultimately isn't a great parent <laughs> mm. and their child isn't going mm. to benefit from that um yeah, because I, I quoted from jordan peterson he doesn't advocate for smacking it's sure. interesting he's like yeah. no no don't smack your kids but he's big on discipline yeah and that quote i said he said even dogs need discipline like to be part of a pack of dogs it needs yeah, to yeah, be because yeah. how much more for humans well, yeah. the natural order for kids is just chaos you have to bring mm. order in so in someone that doesn't believe in smacking because mm. you've got to have discipline mm. you've got to have boundaries for kids otherwise you just create yeah monsters yeah um i really liked what you said around discipline on sunday discipline refines us and helps us um yeah discipline refines us and um as you were kind of talking about mm. that i um love this passage in Job 23 um, mm. that kind of came to mind while you were talking about that, where obviously Job is speaking about, I mean, he starts the passage by saying, my complaint today is still a bitter one, and <laughs> I try hard not to groan aloud. Um, 
But he um, goes on in verse 10 to say, uh, but he knows where I'm going. And when he tests me, I will come out as pure as gold. For I have mm. stayed on God's path. I have followed his ways and not turned aside. Um, I love this idea of being refined uh, and coming out as pure as gold. Mm. I was reading uh, actually a Nicky Gumbel devotional and he was talking about how when a gold worker is refining gold, he'll sort of heat it, he or she. women can be gold workers too Uh, we'll be heating up the gold obviously to the point where it's melted and then scooping off the dross sort of the imperfections Mm. off the surface and they'll keep on doing that keep on refining the gold under intense heat an intense you know sort of situation um, until the gold itself uh, actually reflects the gold workers face in it Mm. when they can see it I love this idea that uh, God, through his loving discipline, is refining us under sometimes what feels like really hot mm. fires or really intense situations until his own face can be reflected mm. in us. Uh, I reckon it's a really beautiful analogy mm. and definitely one which kind of comes through here yeah. as well. And I think it's cool. What I like about this, and I don't remember if I said this, so I was a bit of pain by this point. Um, <laughs> I didn't know. It's like, this is a lot hard. I practiced on Friday, like walking around with it. And I was like, oh, this should be right. But actually talking on the microphone, I was like, it's one, it's one really way to make sure work. you like stick to a 20 minute sermon. Yeah. Hey, you're like, I'm so ready for this to be. Yeah. <laughs> so by the end, I was like, oh man, I hope I'm making sense still. Cause like, no, you were, you were, I promise. But, um, but he even acknowledges, he goes, um, yeah, no discipline seems pleasant at the time. And I, I, yeah, at the time, but painful later on. However, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace. Like I like the acknowledgement. It doesn't seem pleasant, but painful. Mm-hmm. Acknowledging that this is not just a oh yeah, discipline's fantastic mm-hmm. and it's easy, but actually is painful. It's a very pastoral concern of like with this tying in like the discipline that mm-hmm. his audience is experiencing mm-hmm. and recognizing, not just going oh you stop whinging, mm-hmm. just suck up, princess. Like oh, no, this mm-hmm. is hard. It's painful, but. Mm-hmm. Look at the end results, yeah. which is the uh, harvest of righteousness and peace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I love that. Uh, and I, yeah, it's probably one of the, the core parts of Western culture that we're not very good at is when things get hard, we kind of just sort of get rid of them. Because um, hmm. if happiness is your number one goal in life, you have to remove anything that makes you unhappy. Mm. And so... Mm. Yeah, and I find it in- like that's why I find endurance athletes interesting. These men and women who just suffer mm. so much, and it's like that's really admirable. And part of me loves that because I'm like, hey, it's amazing to see how far you can push yourself. Mm. But in that day, it's like, well, what's the point? Like the kind of you know, <laughs> the, the Ecclesiastes in me is like, ah, it's all chavel. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, meaningless, could, meaningless. It's like cool. I could run around a stadium, you know, for 24 hours, several times a year, and mm. uh, in a day, it's like. Mm. just competing for yourself mm. in many ways it's about mm. just yeah but at least here we're competing for something greater mm. like the finish line is jesus mm. and that's what i see here it's like wow the discipline yeah it's kind of sucky right now yeah but look at it like and yeah and that's probably one of the things that i'm trying to like i think i know like in my head like oh yeah like new heavens new earth mm. but really understanding what that looks like and so I think about the things I absolutely love in this life and what like God's beauty. I'm like, ah, imagine that, but like with no imperfection. Like, mm, that's definitely something worth like aiming for. Mm. And I found that for me very helpful to ground it. Mm. The concrete ideas, not just, oh yeah, when Jesus returns and things will be better. It's just very abstract sort of out there, but yeah. actually grounding it here and now. It's like, well, what do I love about this time and space the mm. most? 
and then imagine that without any evil imperfection like okay that's definitely something worth pursuing mm. and mm. yeah having that understanding of Jesus and what he's going to do for us the mm. new heavens and new earth mm. I think that's massive, man. I mm. think continuing to think about um, what our vision of heaven is mm. and what that ultimate end of the race is, mm. I think is so important. Um, it's that balancing act. And uh, I think you've already said it so beautifully. You know, you obviously want to um, be present in the moment. You want to be able to enjoy the good things which mm. God has given us now. We don't want to be living these ascetic lifestyles mm. that sort of shun the now and mm. only look forward to the future. But there is also in being present in the moment, in, in enjoying the goodness that God has given us now, that hope for a future mm. that we don't want to lose sight on as well. Mm. I think that there's something, again, beautiful in this racing analogy that ultimately, um, as I'm sure you'd attest to, the end goal is the reason that you keep going. Mm. But if you stop in the moment, you'll never get to that end mm. goal. And it's sort of, you know, the, the two things are, you know, mutually uh, important to one mm. another. You can't have one without the mm. other. So cool. So cool. Well, as we uh, wrap up today, uh, is there any kind of closing thoughts that you had around these uh, passages? Uh, yeah. And anything that we've kind of been speaking about? Yeah. Um, Gross, it's that <clears throat> going back to that day by day it's like well what things are hindering me today what things are entangled what sin is entangling yeah. my life and yeah like what we were saying before you know is staying up all night on Netflix the best outcome yeah. in life yeah. and having that framework and, and that question that yeah about the challenges like what is God doing in this yeah easy to say right now hard to do when you're in the moment and yeah learning to become more discerning of yeah. like okay how is god disciplining me mm-hmm. in this situation and mm-hmm. what yeah and training yourself up for that yeah it's interesting it says there about the yeah later on whoever produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it almost mm-hmm. like this training to be trained to be understanding what god's discipline is trained to be understanding how righteousness and peace we would choose from that and so just like any athlete to train for their event, we need mm. to be trained for the, the spiritual race and mm. learning to become yeah, more open to God's discipline and mm. recognizing that this is a sign of God's love mm. and not a sign of his mm. displeasure or forgetfulness, mm. but a way for us to yeah, mm. reflect that goal. So. Mm. Yeah, that well, sends my message. <laughs> no, I love it, and I love love that proverb. Um, mm. You know, the righteous falls down seven times and gets back up again. I yeah. think in all of this, that there are probably going to be moments in our races that we are tripped over, mm. that we feel hindered, that we feel like we've mm. missed the mark. You know, um, but yeah, ultimately that mm. idea of getting back up again and continuing. Mm the good race. I saw an amazing video just the other day of this um, runner who she was in first position. She fell over. Everyone went past and then she somehow managed to like catch up and like win the race. And the commentators were just like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like losing it, like professional Mm. racing commentators. And it's like, yeah, like this is the great host of witnesses cheering Mm. us on. Right. And that idea that, yeah, in all things we are, should continue on even Mm. when we, feel like we've missed the mark and missed that perfection and i guess the cool thing too is keeping the whole broad argument of hebrews in mind is that hebrews has told us we have we we have a great high high priest is able to emphasize our weaknesses Mm. and was Mm. tempted and always as we were but without Mm. sin and so Mm. that's the cool thing too is that when we do stuff up we got jesus there to give us 
Jesus Five has run weeks. the race ahead of us. Yep. I love it. So Damn. good. So good. So uh, I believe, is this uh, this yeah. coming Sunday? It's the last one. The last of our Steadfast mm. Hebrew series. It is. Last, uh, last time I'll be preaching for a while. Yeah. My you're uh, you're off on some paternity leave, yeah. which is very <laughs> exciting. So I'll be well, sure we'll to be keeping them. you and, and Rach yeah. and the whole fam in our prayers. Mm. What's, um, what's go- coming up for us this Sunday? Um, so we're talking... Hebrew, we're going to speaking at Hebrews chapter thirteen. I'm trying to find the passage now, but it's where um, Jesus talking about Jesus was crucified outside the city. Therefore, mm. we need to go outside of the city. Love and that. It's a real powerful image, t- t- mm. tapping into some Yom Kippur image where you take the remains of a sacrifice and cast them outside of the city. The yeah. goat was cast out yeah. with the sin. Jesus yeah. was the same, and so we've got to go out there too. Yeah. disgrace like him yeah it's like, yeah so great great heavy stuff to finish off with hebrews yeah i love that and mm. quite an apt sort of um transition into our easter services yes yeah, well, well so. it's funny we haven't done an easter prep but like deliberately but i feel like hebrews is really kind of leads us to it mm, yeah. naturally there's a lot of like it. jesus going to the cross yeah leads us out into the air mm, yes <laughs> outside the city outside i love the city. it that's it <laughs> so good that's awesome mm. well yeah thanks again for an awesome sermon on sunday i think it yeah. will be uh, definitely one that many people remember for that's, a very long time yeah, that's it living parable that's it it's know? powerful stuff yep. and uh, right. look forward to wrapping it up on sunday all right cool thanks see everyone bye bye Thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to help others discover this channel. Check out the description if you want to find out more or get in touch with us at the Centre Dural. But in the meantime, praying for God's hand over you as you continue to step into everything Jesus has in store for your life. Be blessed.